Most of the time, we review books that we really like here on The Book Boys. Other times, we review books that stink. And when a book really stinks, we get fussy. So this is a warning that sometimes we'll swear on this podcast, or sometimes the material that we're reviewing will be adult in nature. So keep that in mind as you listen to this week's episode. Hello, Ben. Hi. How's it going? Are you recording? Yes, I am. It's Why? fine, then. Is there top secret stuff you want to tell me first? No, I was just curious if you uh, remember to start recording. <clears throat> well, you texted me asking me if I'm ready, so I'm like, oh, he wants me to start recording right away. He's got some kind of bid he wants to do. No, he doesn't. <laughs> ben! Uh, what's going on, buddy? How you been? I'm Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anything you want to tell me or the audience? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I'm looking at my notes to see if there's anything. Oh, you made notes about your week. Well, I don't know if I did, actually. <laughs> you don't even know if you made yeah, notes? Yeah, not really. Yeah. yeah, I didn't think so. There's nothing there. No, nothing happens. All right, fine. How's uh, your deck? Uh, I tore up part of my deck. And I found the spot where the mice and the flies are coming in. So I filled that up. And now uh, I'm basically waiting for all the flies to die. So that's one thing. Number two, my dryer broke. So I looked at getting a new dryer, but I wanted to get an electric one. So it doesn't have a vent and it saves saves money and uh, saves electricity. And so I looked at that and it turned out to be Only a little less expensive than getting a dryer and a washer all in one little tiny unit. So I bought that, like an idiot, uh, and didn't realize it takes a gigantic plug that I don't have in the basement. So now I have to call an electrician to come out and put the right plug in so that I can plug my new washer dryer in. I've been wearing, the point is, I've been wearing the same underwear since last week. Well, can't you just dry your clothes outside in the... Well, no, because now, now the washer, when they dropped off the new washer dryer, uh, they took the old washer and the old dryer away. Oh. So I just can't do anything. I could hand wash it like, uh, I don't know, ancient times, but uh, I'm not going to do that. And hang it go up outside. The, go to the Lalandro mat. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm above that kind of thing. Oh, fine. <laughs> Good for the laundromat. Fine. So that's pretty much it. I spent my last week on furlough, tearing up a deck, doing some other stuff, lots of house-related things, and then being really frustrated that I got to wear the same old clothes for days and days and days in a row. Uh, and that's pretty much it. That's the reason why we couldn't record last week, because I was too busy working on stuff to finish reading the book. Uh, did you finish the book, Ben? Yes, and thank God, because I, I want to be done with that. I was going to say, one of my little side notes, I'm not even trying to be funny or cute or anything. I genuinely just had no patience for it. Like last week when I was doing work, I could have taken some of my free time to sit down after doing a hard day's work and read more chapters of Twilight. Uh, But I just totally wasn't in the mood. Like I was feeling fussy and angry that I had to read it. And so when I finally did make myself finish the book, I was just pissed off the whole time. <laughs> I was totally yeah, not enjoying it. I can relate. It's 
I think we've reached a type of exhaustion when it comes to Stephanie Meyer. Like, it's not even like, oh, it'll be funny how much I hate this and I can talk about it on the show. Like, I just fucking want to be done with this book. I hate it so goddamn much. I mean, it is still kind of fun to talk about it, but yeah, just getting to that point, reading it to be able to talk about it is just torture. It totally is torture. It's like not even funny anymore, torture. It's not like uh, Bob Honey. That was torture in a funny way. This is just... Well, at least Bob Honey was only 150 pages long. It was fucking 630 pages. Yeah, I was still upbeat in how much I disliked Stephanie Meyer in the first two episodes that we did. But this last chunk of chapters, it's like this book does not need to be this long. And I'm just getting fatigued and uh, in a malaise. Well, that's about it for me. Just hate her dumb face, too. You look at the inside back cover and her stupid faces there mocking you. Like, I can't believe you read this whole thing. What's wrong with you? I know her face does seem to exude some kind of uh, self-righteous indignation and yeah. also contempt. Because she knows as she's posing for that photo, so many people are going to complain about her latest book. And she's just pissed as she's trying to look smug and... Uh, just everything about her drives me crazy now. She she probably thinks she's a good writer. She probably does. But God, she's not. Dang it. Oh, I, I'm sure she's looked at the numbers of how many books she sold, and she's uh, yeah. probably thinking, like, I am a good writer. I'm up there with Stephen King. Look at how popular I am. But I don't think uh, Stephen King will last generations, and she will not. Because like I've said before, my own kids sneer whenever they... Because it's summertime... And uh, my oldest daughter started going through all my books in my house, trying to look for stuff to read and kind of making a pile of things she was going to go through. And she says, what have you been reading recently? And I said, uh, the Twilight books for the podcast. And I said, do you want to read them? And she literally just goes, there's no way I'm going to read those books. (laughs) Well, good for her. I know. So this generation, she's already lost them. Wait, what's wrong? I'm a little concerned that you would even offer to have her read them. Why? Why? That's irresponsible of you. Yeah, that's a good point. I think if she actually said she wanted to read him, I'd have to sit her. It's almost like having the sex talk. I'd have to sit her down and talk about what an abusive relationship is, the signs of an abusive relationship, how you can tell when someone's trying to control every aspect of your life uh, so that she doesn't walk away with any uh, any ideas about what makes a good relationship. It'd be very weird. It'd be like having a, like the time I sat her down before she read uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. I had to sit her down and be like, okay, you're going to read the N-word in here a lot, but they're just trying to be representative of the times and how people talk, you know, blah, 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 blah. It'd be the same thing with Stephanie Meyer. But anyways, so that's it for your week. This is pretty much the shortest intro we've ever had. Yeah, I don't have much to talk about there. It was a a regular, uneventful week. (laughs) Okay, well, let's get started with the show. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait, though. Hmm. Aren't we forgetting somebody? Oh, my God, you're right. Well, it's, we skipped a week, so now I'm all out of the loop. Gretchen, does she have any bird blurbs or she, toad tidbits? <laughs> or we're, we're back. We're back to the bird blurb. Sweet. Uh, it's about owls this week. Is this still under the umbrella of a backyard blast? Yep. Okay, sweet. Do you want the owl joke first or the <laughs> owl fact? <laughs> Let's start off with the joke. What is the most common owl-on-owl violence? (laughs) Drive-by hooting. (laughs) That's so... (laughs) 
When was that joke written? In the I, 90s I, when drive-by shootings was, like, new and popular? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's weird and funny. Okay, mm-hmm. so what's the owl fact? This week we'll learn a bit about the great horned owl. They are one of the earliest nesting birds in our state. They lay their eggs in January or February. They have excellent hearing and are able to hear a mouse moving under a foot of snow. Their wing feathers are ragged on the ends, which results in silent flight. So even if that mouse is on top of the snow, he won't hear the owl and will never know what hit him. And I love that also before I was like, I asked you, so, okay, go into the owl fact. And you kind of paused. I didn't realize you were pausing because you were sending me a picture of the owl on a text message. (laughs) Just wanted to get you in the mood. Well, you did. I'm all worked into an owl lather right now. Drive by hootings, Ben. (laughs) Please don't (laughs) repeat that. Are you going to try and compete? Do you have any of your own jokes? You sort of tried to do one last time, which uh, wasn't nearly as charming no, as hers. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not doing that. No. All right, fine. Let's get into the show. Yeah. Let's uh, let's dive into the story. I wanted to say, as I was taking notes from chapter 19 all the way through to the epilogue, um, it was really bothering me about the whole mind reading thing. So I did look up, can they read wolves' minds? Because I swear at one point they couldn't. But that was where I was confused because in some, some previous book, uh, probably the second one, it was stated that Alice just can't see them in the future. Uh, so that's where I got screwed up about that. So they can read wolves' minds, but Edward is not supposed to be able to read Bella's mind, is what everything is saying on the internet. Which makes that whole note-passing scene in the last episode, where she starts to write her response, and then he just like looks at her and answers her question before she finished writing it, uh, basically reading her mind, where Stephanie so- Meyer broke her own damn rule. So I just Imagine to point that. that out. Yeah, that's she's wanted. a bad sloppy writer. Imagine that. I know. Also, another thing is, which you can get into later, as vampires are battling, I was thinking, I don't know if they've ever defined how vampires can die. How do these vampires die? We know how classical vampires die, but as we find out later, you just got to kick them a lot and hurt them. So, anyways, <laughs> tear, tear their heads off. If you tear their heads off, that's definitely a guarantee. But they can die just from getting beat up a lot too, I guess. So that was pretty pathetic. Yeah, apparently, they're barely vampires. All right, chapter nineteen, titled "Selfish." Fittingly uh, enough, yeah. Oh, I know. Terrible, <laughs> selfish people in this book. When Bella wakes up, Edward uh, sees the bracelet from Jacob, and he's annoyed because she won't accept any gifts from him. But uh, uh, he will take this hand-me-down from Jacob. Uh, Bella brings up Jasper's plan to have her in the clearing. She wants to help. Edward says nope. She says she'll persuade Seth to let her go, which is dumb that she's saying that because now he knows to not let that happen. Ed says uh, that Seth has to listen to Jacob's orders because Jacob is suddenly second in command. And Leah Clearwater has turned into a werewolf. 
Uh, they keep arguing about the battle, and Bella says that Edward has to sit out the war with her, or she tells, she says that he's got to do that. Edward agrees, which is weird. Uh, Alice babysits Bella while Edward goes out hunting, and that's what they uh, tell Bella's dad, that uh, she's going to go have a sleepover. Uh, she hears about Bella's plan for Edward and is bummed that she'll miss all the fun. To give some kind of excuse to Charlie, they say that the Cullen family is going to go camping, and that Alice wants Bella back at the mansion to keep her company. Uh, during the nightly strategy meeting with the wolves and everything, they have mock fights, and Bella watches Jacob's skillsmanship. Quote being, it was strange, even though he was in this bizarre form, this felt more like the way Jake and I used to be, the easy, effortless friendship that was as natural as breathing in and out. So, do you got anything you want to say about that chapter? Two. Two grins. <laughs> awesome. I should just say in general, there's a lot fewer grins in this third of the book than the first two thirds. Um, I think it's because the action gets so serious. There's no time for grinning. Yeah, I didn't notice as many grins. I don't pay as close attention as you do. Um, when they're giving an excuse to Charlie, I said, uh, are we supposed to be complete? Are we supposed to completely forget that Charlie once hated Edward and the control he had over her that led her to Italy? And now the Cullens are dictating to Charlie what Bella is going to be doing like nothing has changed. So that's very annoying, but it does come up later. Uh, during the nightly strategy meeting where she watches all the fighting, I said she's so annoying that she can't appreciate that this whole battle is going to happen because of her and that people will probably die. And said, again, if they just changed her to a vampire already, none of this would be happening. It's what they said they were going to do for the last book, for God's sake. Yeah, early in this chapter, she was. there was a thing about Edward saw the gift that Jacob gave her, mm-hmm. the charm bracelet, and he didn't get, like, completely pissed off about it yes so and bella said if this was the only reaction to jacob's gift i would take it gladly which (laughs) tells me that so she's like scared of edward and his reaction (laughs) because he's so violent (laughs) yeah it's so nightmarish all right well chapter 20 compromise Edward picks up Bella for her two-day visit with Alice. Uh, They're excited to spend some time together uh, before the big fight. Uh, Edward gives Bella a hand-me-down from his mother. It's a heart-shaped crystal that he fastens to the same bracelet that Jacob gave her with the miniature wolf. Uh, I said, uh, I would say this is symbolic, but it's so heavy-handed that it's laughable. Bella has finally decided, in quotes, uh, which human experience she's going to insist on before she gets turned. And she wants her and Edward to get wet. Yeah. Edward says no, uh, quote being later when you're less breakable. Bella starts crying, but that's the problem. It won't be the same when I'm less breakable. It won't be the same. I don't know who I'll be then. So she wants danger sex. Um, I can't help it. In these notes, I said, actually, she's still a virgin. So then I have a bullet list of the odds are pretty good that she'll have an experience that's super awkward and self-conscious if she's still human. Uh, she'll have to deal with the disappointment of Edward finishing before her, uh, since she, since he was human during a time when women were considered less, or even less, uh, like of class of human than they are today. It'll Wait. probably never occur to him uh, to help her achieve an orgasm. What's that? <laughs> I don't know. Just your like, leap of logic here that Edward's just going to finish first for some reason. Uh, why? Totally, it's because she's a virgin. Like she doesn't know how to feel comfortable with him sexually and. And trusting and eventually, you know, all that stuff that leads to, like, people having orgasms. Guys can have an orgasm even if it's awkward and stuff. 
So, but what he's into? He's a hundred years old. He probably knows how to please a woman at this point. Well, no, he's constantly scared that he's going to destroy her or kill her. <laughs> That's the reason why he won't do it. Uh, oh, I said that since he's in the mind of an eighteen-year-old, he'll just roll over and say that was hot and then fall asleep. Uh, she'd have a far better experience with him as a vampire having sex for the first time. Uh, if she's going to do it as a human for the first time to experience her last human thing, she should just do it with Mike. So that's the notes I couldn't help. I had to say that. Why should she do it with Mike? You think Mike's going to last longer than Edward? Mike's going to, he'd be done within 20 seconds probably. Yeah, well, but at least your, really... your logic here is <laughs> questionable. I think my logic is sound. Uh, if she's oh, you think have... Mike Newton is some skilled lover that's going to show Bella all the pleasures of human sex? Come on. Well, at least it would be two awkward uh, human virgins having sex for the first time versus the vampire who will nearly kill her. Can you imagine trying to feel comfortable and have an orgasm while something's on top of you screaming and nearly ripping your throat out? <laughs> well, wait, why isn't Bella on top? Why do you assume Edward's on top? He's going to rip her throat out is my point. It doesn't matter who's on top. The point is, you're, you're not going to have a good first experience. It'd be better to I do just, with a human. I just like this dynamic, though. She's trying to talk to him. Just do it, you pussy. Fuck me. Come on. What's wrong with you? I know. I know. It's so dumb. Uh, after bartering, Edward says that he will try, but she has to marry him first. Uh, he wants to protect her virtue. And if she does have a soul, uh, he wants to give her a shot of going to heaven. And... I thought that he believed that when you're a vampire, you don't have a soul anymore. So what would it matter? Well, he's hedging, he's hedging bets there just in case there is a soul. All right. The uh, one thing that's going to stop her from getting into heaven is if she has premarital pre- sex. That goes to my next point, which is I really don't think God cares that much about premarital sex. I don't think he's going to be like, yeah, the murderer gets to come in because he prayed at the last minute. But you, you had sex before marriage. I don't care how much you ask for forgiveness. You're not getting in. Yeah. Uh, he says that they can just run off to Vegas and he shows her the ring and it's another goddamn hand-me-down from his mom. And I wrote, does he just have all his mom's stuff in some big chest in his closet somewhere? Bella puts it on and it fits like a charm. He gets down on one knee and proposes to her. Bella says yes because uh, she has no agency. The quote being, he kissed me in a way that should be illegal. Anything you want to say about that chapter? Ooh la la. <laughs> three is the only other comment I have. Well, it was a serious moment. I can see why there's only three grins. Uh, chapter 21, Trails. Battle morning. Alice tells Edward uh, Bella take some warm clothes. It's supposed to snow in the mountains. And I said, I'm pretty tired of Alice's character constantly playing the role of, isn't it hilarious how she's always trying to be human? To keep Charlie safe, Billy Black has invited him to go fishing in La Push. Alice has, quote, seen that Bella and Edward plan to get married in Vegas without inviting her. So suddenly Alice is seeing all sorts of shit where she wasn't in the last book. Uh, she makes uh, Bella feel guilty by forcing her to let her plan the wedding. And I wrote, planning a wedding in Vegas. Stephanie Meyer doesn't know how these really work, apparently. Uh, and then this is just more, isn't it hilarious that Alice wants to do human things all the time? Uh, the way to meet Jacob in the woods... Bella cuts herself. Edward examines the wound and says that he doesn't get hard anymore at seeing blood from her. Uh, Jacob shows up, and he's short with Edward, and on the way to the hiding place for Bella, he sees that Edward has co-opted the charm. He asks Bella if she's thought about their kiss. No, she hasn't. He says she needs uh, to kiss more than one guy to know what she wants. Uh, quote being, you kiss me, for example. Bella says she likes him better as a werewolf because he can't talk, and I wrote, ha ha ha, oh, teens. She also said of that kiss that she doesn't count it as a kiss. She thinks of it more as an assault. 
which well, is nice. They yeah. finally called it what it is. I know. <laughs> so at least that's one thing. Bella tells him uh, that she forced Edward to hang with her during battle. She blames herself for her selfishness for doing that. Jacob says that he wouldn't have stayed if she asked. Uh, Jacob then explains why he's second in command for the battle, blah, blah, blah. His lineage puts him in line to be a chief, but he refused. He's still struggling to accept that he's a werewolf. Bella and Jacob meet with Edward, who is setting up a tent. Jacob decides to stay the night and switch with Seth the next day. Uh, And I'm saying, why are the two major players just randomly going to give up the fact that they're probably the the, the way Stephanie Meyer describes them, they're the most important people in the battle. They've got to be in the battle. But instead, they're going to go baby this baby, this infantile woman. Uh, how Seth going to be any good in battle? Uh, why does the author keep setting everything up just to show how dedicated everyone is to this child woman? Then it starts to snow, and I wrote great. Anything you want to say about that chapter? Um, hold on. <laughs> Are you looking up that grin count? Yeah, two. Only two grins. And then I just. Uh, <clears throat> The next three chapters, there's zero grins. I just want to say that right now. Wow. That seems that seems almost impossible since every chapter has at least one grin in every book that she writes. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, chapter like, 22. Like said, it's, it's too serious. There's this epic battle. There's no time for the characters to grin. <laughs> That's true. I mean, they grin at other odd times, but all right, fine. Chapter 22, Fire and Ice. Snowstorm is making uh, camping suck. Bella's slowly freezing to death. I said uh, she literally writes the shivering sounds when Bella talks. <laughs> like, did you see yeah. that? Like for I, Of course I did. Paragraph yeah. after paragraph after paragraph. It's, uh, uh Edward. Like, I'm just like, oh, my God. Like a children's book or something. Totally like a children's book. Edward and Jacob suggest leaving. Uh, and I wrote, what about the warm as hell werewolf snuggling her? Bella says that they'll waste their strategic efforts if they leave. I said, there's almost no strategy here. And this seems oddly close to double dirty mountain men. Jacob convinces Edward that the only way to keep Bella warm is if he do, gets do, in that sleeping bag with her. Do you think Jacob has a baseball bat between his legs? <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that quote. I wrote, oh, it's happening. One quote being from Edward. You don't know how much I wish I could do that for her, mongrel. Jacob saying, those are the breaks. (laughs) At first, Bella protests, but after feeling Jacob's warm, hot, 108-degree body, she relents, and I wrote, it's happening. Since Edward can read Jacob's mind, he tells Jacob to retrain his thoughts about Bella, and I wrote, it's happening. And Jacob challenges him to an open, honest talk, and I said, oh my God, this is going to happen. But it didn't. She fell asleep while they talked about how who loves her more which is just a 12-year-old's fantasy. Yep. Edward says he's going to play, he's playing the patient good guy with Jacob. Uh, He's afraid of forcing Bella to choose because it might drive her into Jacob's arms. He also says he wants her to be human. If she chooses Jacob, she could stay human, and that makes a better match. Uh, If she chose him, he would respect that, but he would stay watching in the sidelines, waiting for if Jacob ever left her. And they talk again about how she needs protecting uh, just infantilizing her. Yeah, they just keep talking about her like she's this object that both of them want. Well, they're treating her like she's a toddler. Like, you have to protect her from herself because she's going to go off and do something to hurt herself. It's just, it's crazy. To, to be fair, she acts like a toddler quite a bit. Yeah, an emotional toddler. Uh, they talk about why she seems really focused on the third wife, uh, sacrificing herself so they can win the battle, like from that story. 
And then I wrote, why would the character be into that? She hasn't shown any self-sacrifice at any point through any of these books. Uh, her dad is a great example. She's never sacrificed for her dad. She just keeps saying, well, screw you. I'm going to Italy without saying a word about why. But and she keeps could, making him dinner. I guess that's self-sacrifice. You're right. Okay, I'm wrong. But yeah, um, the fact that she's so focused on the third wife, uh, way in the early chapters she was, and you can see it's going to go somewhere. And basically through this and through leading up to the battle, she's kind of just planning, like, I can't wait for my opportunity to kill myself so that my blood can help them win the battle. It's just stupid. Edward says that they weren't natural enemies. He might actually like them. Jacob doesn't say anything back, and they decide their truce will end at dawn. Anything you want to say there? No. Chapter 23, Monster. Oh, wait, wait. There's one thing. Oh, what's that? Uh, There's a quote from Jacob in that chapter. This is when Edward and Jacob were talking about her, and Mm-hmm. Jacob said to Edward, she's in love with me, too, you know, but she doesn't know it. <laughs> Does that really work in life? Like, can I just decide some woman is in love with me and she doesn't know it yet? Does that work? I don't think it does. I think that's just called stalking. Yeah. Well, you just have to force her to kiss you and then she'll realize. Yeah, that's true. And it's not assault if my dad thinks I did a good job. <laughs> Yep. (laughs) All right, chapter 23, Monster. It's morning. Yeah, that was named after the 1994 REM album, right? Yeah, yeah, or that movie with, uh, wasn't Shalise Theron? Yeah. Well, we'll never know. That's the mystery of Stephanie Meyer. Uh, It's morning. Bella wakes up and asks Edward to help her disentangle from sleeping with uh, Jacob. Edward pushes Jacob a little bit too hard. They almost get in a fight, and Bella makes Edward apologize. Jacob leaves to join the other werewolves on the battlefield. Uh, I said, if this battle has a set time and place, why did Bella have to sleep in the woods at night after all? Like, clearly it's not starting yet. I don't know. As a quote... Well, they had to lay down the fake trail and get her out of the way. Were you not paying attention to all the... all the planning that went into this? I thought the planning... the plan was, let's get her off to the side to lure off some of the vampires and that was going to happen during the battle, not like the night before the battle. And why is the battle happening at a certain set time and place? No, they're not using her to lure the other. They just want her out of the way. That's why they went up there and covered her trail with wolf scent. Oh, yeah, that's right. Then why does she have to be near enough to the battle? Like, why is she in the same vicinity? Why doesn't she go to another town? It doesn't make any sense. And why are they doing this? Like Seattle? That's where all the gang murders are. Where's she going to go? Go to Iowa. She can go to Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. I don't know. But it just seems weird. Like, the night before we're going to do this thing, well, you probably don't have to. You could just go get a hotel in a different town. It seems weird. Yeah. Anyways, fun little game. Bella and Edward talk about their ten best nights together. Uh, Edward tells her that she was playing Jacob, or she was saying Jacob my Jacob in her sleep. And I said, no one ever sleep talks like that. This is just a childish writing tool. Uh, Edward mentions the night that she accepted his proposal. And then they hear a heart-shattering cry of pain from the woods. It's Jacob. He's heard everything they've said. He didn't know they were getting married. poor Jacob. I know. Bella tries to run. And Edward knew that Jacob could hear all this. Oh, yeah. I can't remember who initiated the ten best nights. Maybe it was Edward. We'll never know. He's a controlling bastard. Bella tries to run after Jacob. But Edward stops her, says he'll bring Jacob back so they can talk face-to-face. Bella suddenly hates the pain she's caused Edward and Jacob by taking so long to make a choice. Uh, I didn't know that was the case. Uh, She's always chosen Edward. I don't know what they're talking about. 
Quote being, I was selfish, I was hurtful, I tortured the ones I love. She struggles with why she wouldn't be able to let Jacob go. Quote being, my hair... Oh, at one point, I just squeezed this in because I caught it later. She wrote as one of her quotes, my hair was wild like Medusa snakes. (laughs) Which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, That's what she's talking to Jacob. Uh, so whoever shows up at Jacob, blah, blah, blah. Bella apologizes, promises she'll stay out of his life forever. Jacob says he's decided that he's going to die in battle unless she asks him to kiss her. And, uh, oh, my God, it's like a 14-year-old wrote this. Uh, their kiss, their perfect, warm, loving kiss breaks her control, and she realizes she loves Jacob. Coping, I loved him much more than I should, and yet nowhere near enough. I was in love with him, but it's not enough to change anything. So I said, I guess his kiss wasn't illegal enough. Do you got anything for that chapter? No. All right. Chapter 24, Snap Decision. When Edward returns, Bella tells him what she did. He says, oh, you're human, Bella, and as much as I might wish otherwise, so is he. There are holes in your life that I can't fill. You love him. So he's being the nice guy. She wants to prove uh, that she loves Edward more and says, uh, basically, let's, let's get wet right here. And he says he will at a better time. And as the fight starts... Edward narrates it all by reading the wolves' minds. It was, which was so bad. It was such a poor description of the fight. It was just so dumb. I know. And I was like, remember when I was saying before, I'm like, I bet you we don't even see the fight because every time there's some sort of battle, she always passes out or something happens we hear about it later. So it just happened again. And I'm thinking that she just, she, she can't write a battle. Maybe she knows her limitations. She knows she can't write an exciting battle scene. I, I don't think someone who would write a 640-page book would be described as knowing her limitations. <laughs> I suppose you're right. Uh, everything goes as smooth as butter, uh, sort of. Seth, the youngest wolf, wants in on the action, but he has to stay uh, with them. Victoria shows up with a vampire companion, Riley. Bella realizes that she was right, of course. Victoria built an army for the sole purpose of killing her, of course. Edward takes on Victoria while Seth attacks Riley. Edward and Victoria keep circling each other, and Seth get, uh, Riley gets Seth, and he goes down. Bella grabs a sharp rock because she's getting ready to kill herself like the tribal wife. <laughs> uh, so I was like, I said, that's just her go-to then. She never had any other plan when she was demanding to be part of the battle. She just wanted to get in there so she has a chance to kill herself. And uh, But yep. before she could do that, Edward and Seth pull uh, some super tits blitz maneuver, and they win, of course. Anything you want to say about that chapter? Yeah, Victoria's head fell off. Yeah, and I also love that she got uh, thrown up onto a spruce. So if you're ever in battle, Ben, watch out for spruces. Spruce trees are apparently the most dangerous. Or if you ever battle a vampire, try to get them close to a spruce tree. Duly noted. Chapter 25, Mirror. Uh... Oh, and I said, uh, even though you think this war that they spent all these pages building up to would be the point of the book... The battle is won, and I wrote that is easy and short. <laughs> when the book has no point. Well, you think, who's following her? Well, of course, Bella knows, even though vampires who are older should know, you know, for sure before her. Uh, and then so Bella realizes it's all about her, and this whole battle's going to happen for her. So, okay, everything's about this battle. The battle's going to be at the end of the book, and it's going to be long, and probably a lot of drama, and hopefully some kind of tension where you're not sure how it's going to end. None of that happened <laughs> at all. So it was done pretty quick. Uh, then the Volturi show up uh, to kill off the vampire army. And I wrote, why? I thought the vampire already di- army died already. 
Uh, on their way to meet up with the Cullens, the werewolves, Edward tells Bella that Jacob was badly wounded while saving Leah, who engaged with the baby vampire by herself. Bella faints. Uh, Bella wakes up. She finds out that Jacob will be safe. And I said, oh, well, that had no point then. Jane and Felix from the Volturi show up and are impressed with the Cullens. Uh, yeah, I got to say, the Volturi showed up and they're talking about these Volturi characters. And I don't remember or care about any of them. They're throwing these names around like I'm supposed to know who they are. I but know. It was, it was like 900 pages ago in this saga. I don't remember or care about these characters. Totally. Jane and Felix, I was like, I don't know who they are. Uh, apparently, I'm supposed to remember from the previous book. But the Volturi showing up also had no purpose whatsoever. They show up just to basically say, oh, I can't believe you did that. Uh, and they they, did, they weren't going to mention that the wolves helped because the Volturi would, like, what, try to kill the wolves? I don't know. Yeah, the Volturi don't have any sort of treaty with the wolves. It's just the, the Cullens. Yeah. So the whole thing was just a... The Volturi thing didn't literally did not need to be there. Um, otherwise, the Volturi should have showed up ahead of time to warn the Cullens that the army's coming or something. But no. Um, anyways... Jane sees that Bella's still human, human and reminds her of uh, their promise. Uh, they say it'll happen soon. Jane tries another mind-torturing spell on Bella with no luck. And so I was just imagining that it's like she tries it again, like the last book. It doesn't work. She doesn't. Well, now you still got it. <laughs> like it's like, why would she try the mind-torturing spell again? It just it again serves no no yeah. purpose at all. No. Uh, Jane asks Felix to kill Bree because uh, leaving her alive is against the vampire rules, and they leave. Which, how exciting was that? Yeah, so Bree was one of the baby Bree? vampires that yeah. was like kind of got convinced to uh-huh. switch sides. Yeah, don't you want to know more about her? Like maybe in a novella? Oh no, is that the what short, that is about? I think so. The short second life of Bree Tanner in Eclipse novella. It all adds oh, up. Oh no, you're right. Oh, I forgot the name of the novella. Oh my god. Yeah. Why? Nobody cares about Bree. She was like... Well, just because you don't know her story yet. Don't you want to find out one what chapter. happened? She was inconsequential one chapter. This isn't I, like... No, we need to flesh this character out more with a novella. She, she's probably from Seattle. <laughs> by a vampire. She got turned and then she got killed by the Cullens. How, like, I... There's so many... I have so many questions that I can't <laughs> answer for me. I love that she's either desperate for material because she can't think of anything unless it's vampire related and specifically the story related and instead of uh, expanding the universe like how did the Volturi become the Volturi like go way back in time she's like no that's too hard yeah I'm uh, just going to write about a different teenage girl a different teenage girl that got turned into a vampire uh, one that didn't make it like Bella's probably going to and then uh, so yeah she thinks she's J.R. Token like all these little details people are just clamoring to know so yeah then well, the Volturi I- leave I kind of am now. I'm kind of curious what that novella, how it's going to read, because it is pretty short. I think it's only like 200 pages or so. Wow. So I'm curious to see what a short book from Stephanie Meyer looks like, because in this one, it's 600 plus pages of nothing. Mm-hmm. How insubstantial is a 200 page novella going to be? What's going to happen in there? Anything? I don't know. Maybe she got an editor. Like maybe she wrote another 800 page book. And then the editor was like, yeah, you have... 19 chapters dedicated to Edward's hair. So let's just strip that out. Oh, look, you're down to 200 pages now. <laughs> so I'm wondering if that's what's going on. Because, yeah, leave it up to Stephanie Meyer, and she's going to write chapter after chapter about how everyone loves Bella, and it has no story. So, yeah, I don't know. All right, chapter 26, ethics. Bella. Wait, 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 wait. 
What? Chapter 25 of the Count is one. Oh, we're back to... Oh, there's. they came back again. Well, they did win yeah. a battle. So yep. I guess that makes sense. One big unified grin from everyone on the battlefield. <laughs> All gritting each other's grins. Chapter 26, Ethics. Bella's just dying to see Jacob. Uh, she can't go to the push because her alibi of hanging with Alice at the Cullens, so Bella is... Uh, She's bothered by Bree and asks Alice if she'll turn out like her. Alice says overcoming the thirst for blood takes a few years, but maybe it'll be different for Bella because she's choosing to be a vampire. I do not understand the logic of that. That's probably how it works. <laughs> like, if you didn't choose to be a vampire, you... All right. I said, uh, of course... Well, oh, it's probably like becoming a vegetarian. If you love meat and then you're not able to have meat... Yeah. You're really going to want meat. But if you decide you're not going to eat meat anymore and you're going to be a vegetarian, it's probably easier. All right, fine. I guess if you want to look at it that way. I doubt that's what's going through her mind. Eh. Eh, the logic's a little... I said, of course, Bella uh, will get out of the bloodlust because that would be too hard to actually write. She'd have to actually have to write the psychological narrative of what it's like to be driven by an addiction, which she's not capable of doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, so. she's, she's not. Didn't she mention addiction... Like, I forgot what. She mentioned something about drugs in a previous book that you and I were just cracking up at because it was just so, like, clearly she's never oh. done any drugs of any type at all in her life or known yeah, anybody. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember the specifics <clears throat> were, but, yeah. yeah, there was something that she has no idea how many things in life work. Yeah, or highways, because highways have sharp turns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Back home. Charlie says that everyone in the push uh, was being weird, and he could hear wolves howling, and he saw Carlisle and Edward bring Jacob back home, wounded. They tried to say it was a bike accident, but he just knew it was battle. Charlie admits that Edward's care for Jacob... Wait, who knew it was a battle? Uh, Charlie. He just knew it Charlie. was a battle. No, he didn't. Yeah. How did they... he know that? Uh, no, logically, uh, he shouldn't know, but he knew it wasn't a bike accident. Where? I didn't pick that up at all. I thought oh, he was I, totally down with it being a bike accident. No, no. He gave her the big warning. Like, see, bikes are dangerous. He's like, but I don't think it was a bike accident. So it's like he's supposed to be catching on. Yeah, that things were. Anyways, Charlie admits that uh, Edward's care for Jacob made him change his attitude towards him. And I said, oh, good. Maybe he'll let Bella start hanging out at the Cullen's house now. Charlie is suspicious after the weekend of activity. And for no reason whatsoever, uh, he says, quote, I feel like, dot, 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 I'm going to lose you soon, dot, dot, dot. Will you tell me before you do anything major, before you run off with Edward or something? And Bella promises she will. Bella visits Jacob. Uh, He's mad that Edward's pretending to be tolerant and didn't blame Bella for kissing him. But in the end, Jacob's just glad he got to kiss her. And I wrote, because no one has any agency in this book. They all just worship this woman. (laughs) He says that he will let her go, but acknowledge uh, the future that they would have had together. He dot 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 would never have been my soul or would have been my soulmate in that world dot 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 if his claim had not been overshadowed by something stronger dot 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 that would not exist in the rational world. And I said until he fell in love with a baby, what would happen to their love then? <laughs> so, because that would happen, they'd have this relationship, and uh, if he would have won, but then as soon as he, what was it again? Coupled imprint imprinted with some <laughs> infant somewhere then he'd have yeah. to break up with her but it's not pedophilia because it's not romantic no until, he'll, he, until he properly grooms her and then exactly he'll groom her and he'll romantic. literally babysit her and wipe her butt and say one day <laughs> so creepy 
Uh, Bella says that she'll be transformed after marriage. Jacob says that he will be waiting in the wings, maybe even after she's turned into a vampire, which I would think he wouldn't because don't vampires smell like human shit to werewolves? Yes. Yes. Anything you want to say about that chapter? Two. Only two grins. Huh. Yes. I thought after she found out that Jacob's alive, there'd be a lot more grinning, but all right. No. Chapter 27, Needs. Bella has an emotional breakdown after leaving Jacob. She can't hold her shit together around Edward. She cries in his arms all night long. Edward wonders if he's made the right decision. Uh, She says that uh, he has. So, again, Edward's in in full control of whether this relationship happens or not. And then Bella describes herself in... There's two parts of Bella. There's Edward's Bella and Jacob's Bella. Yeah, that's right. But there's no... She's not herself at all. She doesn't belong to herself. She's only defined by how she relates to those two people. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. There's no Bella's Bella. It's only Edward's Bella or Jacob's Bella. <laughs> you know, what about Bella's Bella? What about the Bella inside? Uh, so they go see Alice, who shows her a wedding dress that she's made for her, and she's so happy that Bella asks her to be a bridesmaid. And I said, doesn't Bella have any other friends? Is she going to tell her dad about this wedding? What about her mom and the baseball boyfriend? But that gets answered later. Back in the secret meadow, Bella and Edward decide to get married on August 13th. And I wrote that so specific, I'll bet anything that it's the author's wedding anniversary to her husband. And what's her husband's name again? Patch or something? <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, it is something. Yeah, uh, re- Pancho. Was it Pancho? <laughs> Was it Pancho? <laughs> it might be. It's like spelt weird and everything. I'll bet it's her anniversary date or something, because it's like August 13th specifically, instead of like next fall or whatever. Do you think August 13th falls on a Friday in this book? Is it going to be Friday the 13th? Oh, God, I hope so. Yeah, me too. Maybe that's what. Maybe that's the reason why it's so specific, because she's... This is down to the years, right? Like, I don't know if they ever declare what year anything is happening in. I don't think so. No, I thought maybe she was doing some homework there. Bella wishes that she could invite Jacob, but she doesn't want to cause him any more uh, pain. They said it's so stupid and selfish and ignorant. It'd be like if some ex-girlfriend of mine was like, hey, I'm getting married. I'd love you to be there. It's like, no, I'm not going to (laughs) come. That's the dumbest idea. Uh, They kiss and Edward wants to get wet. And Bella says no. And I wrote, what? And she she wants to be responsible and virtuous for some reason now. And I said, why? That has not been the motivation for her character to feel that way. Why would she feel that way now? Uh, all she's been wanting to do is have sex with Edward and mindlessly and cartoonishly. But now suddenly she's it's not like after the battle inspires her to be a better person because there's been other conflicts and near death scenarios that never stopped her from trying to get wet with Edward. It just doesn't make any sense. This virtuous thing that this theme she's got running through this book. Uh, she understands how important her marriage is to her parents. Uh, I said, good, maybe she'll tell them she's engaged then. And Edward slips the ring on her fingers and they go off to tell Charlie. And I said, well, looky there. Anything you want to say about that? Sorry, I was just on Stephanie Meyer's Wikipedia page trying to find out her husband's name. Yeah. Which is... I'll get to that. <clears throat> but it mentions that she's Mormon. And therefore, she does not drink alcohol, drink coffee, smoke, or watch R-rated movies. <laughs> or R-rated movies? Yeah. Do you think it'll make her go out and kill or something? A woman who wrote this know. book about a horrible controlling relationship is worried about what she watches in an R-rated movie. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, anyway, her husband's name is Christian. 
Oh, it's spelled two A's. Two A's. That was it. It had a weird spelling. But is it? You're right. Is his nickname Poncho or something weird? I, I thought I saw a reference. Yeah, Poncho or something like that. But that could be mistaken. Yeah. Well, all right. Anything you want to say about Chapter Twenty Seven? Uh, Miter also considers herself a feminist, which is kind of hard to believe based on her See, writing. Yeah, it seems a little absurd. I'm sure I'm the last person to be commenting on it, but still, it seems weird. Well, all right. Uh, two was the count for that chapter. Okay. Now yeah, we got two. Two grins. They're going to go off and tell Charlie about the engagement, so you got a couple grins out of it. Epilogue. And she named the epilogue choice. Yeah. Do epilogues have titles besides epilogue? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> I, I mean, I could be wrong, but I think traditionally epilogue is just, that's the title. <laughs> you don't need a title yeah. for epilogue. <laughs> you, you can. I, I don't see. That's, of all the things around with this book, that's not on my list. That's the least offensive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jacob is all fucked up about Bella becoming a vampire. The whole pack uh, has to feel that shit. Leah tells him to get over it. Yeah, we should point out the epilogue is from Jacob's perspective. Oh, yeah. Uh, Edward might kill her anyway, he thinks. Jacob doesn't think he will, or she thinks. Jacob doesn't think he will, but he doesn't trust Edward anyway. At home, Billy shows Jacob the wedding invite. I wrote, so she did it anyways. Amazing. (laughs) Jacob is so pissed, he heads into the wolf to wolf out. But she, she didn't, though. She didn't send him the invite? No, did you did you not read this? Oh, I skimmed over that shit. I'm so sick of this book. Uh, there was a note with the invite from Edward saying that Bella didn't want him to do it, but Edward thought he should send him the invite. Oh, I missed that. I just remember seeing the part about the uh, the invite. Then that's when he gets all, he, he hulks out in the woods. And um, Here's, This is the note from Edward. Jacob, I'm breaking the rules by sending you this. She was afraid of hurting you, and she didn't want to make you feel obligated in any way. But I know that if things had gone the other way, I would have wanted the choice. Yeah, there, there's yeah, the name well, of the there you plot. go. Hey, Edward is kind of handing out an olive branch there. I mean, in a fucked up, controlling way. I, I can- promise I will take care of her, Jacob. Thank <laughs> you for her, for everything. Edward. One of those two just going to go fishing and drink some beer. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, they should be buddies. They have so much in common. Why can't they see that? Well, they do. But instead, Jacob hits the woods. And he says to himself, feel nothing but speed, nothing but the pull of muscle, dot, 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 which is always in every quote. If the silence in my head lasted, I would never go back, dot, dot, dot. I pushed my legs faster, uh, letting Jacob Black disappear behind me. So that was the end of the book. Got any thoughts about that? There were no grins in the epilogue. The total grin count for the last third of the book was only 12. Which brings their total grin count to 72. Oh, so for you through the entire book, you got 72. Yeah. Okay, let me... Which I will fully admit I might have missed some. They just stopped <laughs> registering at some point. So if you have an official count from the Kindle... That's compare. what I was just going to say. Well, let's save that for the wrap-up. Let's, uh, let's wrap this up, then. just talking about uh the tally of grins how many grins were there in this story you said you had 72 72 is what i counted 
Well, I just did a search through the whole book on the Kindle, and it says there are 92 results of grinning, grin, grinned, grins, and all that kind of stuff. So variants of grin. Did you validate that to make sure they're all grins and not other words like chagrin or something like that? Uh, no. Like grind. I am looking through right now because it's only 92, so I can they, they highlight it. So I'm going through each one. Grinning, grinned, grinned, grinning. Uh, they're looking. I'm almost at the bottom. And yeah, there's no other chagrined. There's nothing. It's just grin. There's so I missed twenty grins. Please don't do this. He paused, turning back to grin at me. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, I guess you missed 20 grins. They do peter I, out towards the end, though. I'm a little surprised. I mean, I, like I said, I, I thought I probably missed a few that didn't register, but 20, wow. That's just... Yeah, well, according to this, like, I'm not... I, I, it's I believe highlighting you. the word grin, so I'm seeing 92 highlighted grins, so I, I'm not doubting their results. Yeah. Well, anyways, overall... Oh, uh, we know we don't, we don't like this book. We know we don't like Stephanie Meyer. We don't like her, uh, the messages she's giving to the people she's writing to. Eh, you got anything you want to say about this book as a whole? The series as a whole? The journey we've been on so far? It's the long and boring... Yep. Frustrating. I don't, I don't know how else to describe it. It's just so <clears throat> bad. The genuine disgust or anger... Uh, also, no patience. I had no patience to read through these last however many pages. No. I just was so fed up and done. Like, I don't want to... I spent all day... I, had a, I ordered a dumpster and got delivered to my house, so I was trying to get all the wood in there and have them take it away the next day and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, I've had a long day. I'm going to sit down on my little what's left of my deck, and I'm going to have some carbonated water, and I'm going to sit and read. And I'm like, I don't want to read Twilight. <laughs> like, I want to enjoy yeah. my time. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I guess one thing I can point out is I am surprised that at no point, three books, and the third book being very popular, I'm sure by that point there's talk of movie and everything, she made no effort to improve her writing. Like, every writer who writes enough should get better over time. Well, maybe she made an effort, but she's just incapable. It's the same quality, from the first book to the last. It's... There's no, there's no improvement in plot or character development. You think if we have to keep reading about the same handful of characters, can we feel like they have any agency or soul or surprise us or something? But no, it's just they all exist to please Bella, and then Bella exists to be tormented about who to choose, even though she always chooses Edward. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, that's it for that claptrap. Anything else you want to say that's exciting for you? About the book? No. Nah. Life. What about I'm excited mom? about I'm excited about the new books I ordered. All the upcoming Book Boys material. Yes. I actually made a, a list called Book Boys Future Books. Um Good. I have to say one of them is on back order apparently, so I'm not gonna be getting it right away, so we can't start with that. And I think it was the Babysitters Club. So Oh, is it? Okay. So we'll hold yeah. off on that. So yeah, but, which is fine because we've got Nancy Drew, the Hardy Boys, the Boxcar Children, Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, I'm 
definitely not looking forward to Fifty Shades of Grey. But we have to do it. You know that. Can we like have a nice break? Like, let's save that. Let's yeah. save Fifty Shades of Grey for when we're all done with Twilight. I agree. We okay. still have Ghostbusters two. Yeah, that's true. I guess I'm sort of not as interested in Ghostbusters two. We'll save that for like when we just have nothing else. Like, let's sit yeah. on that one for a while because like fine. the first one was just like there's almost nothing to talk about. Yeah, it's um, a quick, it's a quick read, which is nice. I say, I say, I say, Hardy Boys, because it's titled The Missing Chums. <laughs> yeah, that's why I picked that one. I say we read that one next. I could use a nice little break. Uh, I'm sure the Hardy Boys will probably be bland and not very well, like, you know, not fine art or anything, but at least it won't be as offensive. I can read it casually. And Do you think fun. they'll find the chums? Well, that's the mystery. Uh, who are the chums? How tight is their chumsmanship? Maybe it's what are the chums? How do we know it's who? No, that's a good point. What what are the chums? Like they could be from the animal kingdom? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Two raccoons, they're just really close friends. And did you like, I also was excited about the title of the boxcar children one I found. Benny uncovers a mystery. I know yeah. I saw that. I saw that's me. that. I'm Benny. <laughs> You're going to have a lot of fun uh, reading that one because uh, you're going to keep inserting yourself into your imaginary scenarios of uh, uncovering whatever the mystery is. Oh, wait. Maybe the Babysitter's Club did ship. I Looking at my... I don't know. I thought oh. I saw something from them saying that one was going to be delayed, but it looks like my confirmation. It's in stock and shipping, so... Okay. Well, let's read Hardy Boys next. Yeah. Uh, you got that one coming for sure. And we can learn about the missing chums. And, uh, God, let's just read through all these books before we go into the next fucking Twilight one. I need a break from Twilight. It's exhausting. Well, do we want to read through all of them or maybe read through a couple and then get back to Twilight? Just Uh, so we can save one of the easier books for after Twilight. Fine. I mean, what? We've got four children's books here. We can do three of them and then... Fine. I was kind of thinking we should... Another children's book, and then do Fifty Shades, and then do Ghostbusters Two. Yeah, I was thinking Fifty Shades should be after maybe we finish the whole Twilight uh, epic saga or whatever the hell you want to call it, including the new one with Edward. Yeah, maybe. Short Second Life with Brie Tanner and Eclipse Novella. (laughs) When will she stop writing these books so you and I can be done? God, it's not fun anymore. Um, well, and are they going to make a movie off of this new Edward book? Because the actors have gone on to much bigger and better things. Who's going to... Oh, I know. Well, maybe that's gonna... the reason why she's... Maybe that's why she's sort of pulling a, a J.K. Rowling, which is a whole new batch of characters, because then you can make movies out of them. Maybe that's what she's going for with this crap. Wait, J.K. Need... Rowling do that? What? Well, J.K. Rowling did the, whatever, the Fantastic Beasts movies that have been coming out the last couple of years. So, oh, I didn't know that, sir. All, all I knew that she was doing lately was the transphobic tweets. Yeah, she's definitely got the transphobic tweets. You know, my niece, she's got a podcast, and uh, it's all based because she grew up loving Harry Potter all through the 90s. Your niece has a podcast, or J.K. Rowling has a podcast? Uh, my niece has got a podcast. Okay. I said my niece has got a podcast. Uh, and so she uh, loves Harry Potter, and her friend love it, too, and they know every single factoid about it. So they made a... Were- a were you the inspiration for your niece starting a podcast? No, I don't think so. She's younger than me and hipper than me. So I th- I'm sure she thought of this already. I mean, she listens to a million Harry Potter-based podcasts already, or did. But um, 
and I listened to some of their episodes, and it's pretty good. Uh, they, they like have insanely in-depth but not boring conversations about the details around Harry Potter and stuff because they know everything about it. But then they went on hiatus because they kind of ran out of stuff to, you know, there's only so many books and, you know, movie reviews to do. So they kind of went on hiatus. And then after J.K. Rowling turned into a horrible monster, they decided, well, we're not doing that podcast anymore. <laughs> so Moaning Myrtle's Bathroom. It was a good podcast while it lasted. Uh, I think they're oh. going to try and take it in a new direction. Why can't they? Yeah. Why can't they continue it and just rip on J.K. Rowling? Well, I don't know. <clears throat> There's only so much to say about J.K. Rowling in general. They've, uh, they're basically going to put out an official podcast just talking about how disappointing it is to have someone who wrote these books that inspired your entire childhood be such a horrible human being. And um, so they're kind of doing it. But then after that, it's like, what else can you say? Then you become a J.K. Rowling news podcast? <laughs> like, you don't want to do that. So, anyways... Um, yeah, once we, uh, I was almost thinking like, oh, maybe we should start doing Harry Potter since it's inevitable, right? If you're going to do a teen literature book review podcast, but I really don't want to now. So, oh, okay. I didn't want to in the first place, but I really don't want to now. So, well, then let's not do that. No, we're not going to. Can we also say the same about Fifty Shades Grey? Well, I mean, I already ordered my copy. Mm. Fifty Shades of Grey was written as fan fiction about bondage between the characters of Twilight. <laughs> I know, that's kind of why we have to do it. Uh, so we're basically just reading Twilight again. <laughs> God yeah. damn it. That's what the book boys are all about. Uh, one of us is going to wind up committing suicide. You realize that, right? There's the only way, this is the only way this podcast is ever going to end. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be both like 70 years old, still making podcasts until one of us just can't take it anymore. All right, well, with that, unless you got something else you want to say, you guys can wrap it up and try to move on with our lives. Well, yeah, I thought we decided how I was going to wrap up this episode. Okay, go on and do it. Do do you want... Well, I've got two possibilities here. Okay, go ahead. Do you want the the love scene or the fight scene? Oh, boy. Well, do you think the fight scene's worth it? I mean, the love scene... Though I'd love to hear you whisper a love scene to me. Do you think you can make the fight scene sound more exciting? That seems more challenging. I don't know if I can because it was written so poorly. Yeah, and also like in what, the fourth person? <laughs> well, it's the fight scene between Edward and Victoria, so oh, oh, Be- oh. Bella was actually seeing it. Yeah, you're right. Nah, sucks to that. Read the love scene. I want to hear you and whisper it. Do it softly. Well, let me just, I'll just do the, the very end of the fight scene and then I'll go back to the love scene. Alright, fine. This is when Victoria's head fell off. (laughs) Okay. And then the fiery tangle of hair was no longer connected to the rest (laughs) of her body. The shivering orange (laughs) waves fell to the ground and bounced once before rolling towards the trees. (laughs) I love love the high-pitched annoying teen girl voice that you're doing. (laughs) That's how I picture Bella talking. (laughs) That was amazing. Okay, do the love scene. (laughs) I hope your mom's listening. Cold iron fetters locked around my wrists and pulled (laughs) my hands above my head, which was suddenly... (laughs) (laughs) His lips were at my ear again. Bella. (laughs) 
He murmured, his voice warm and velvet. <laughs> Please stop trying to take your clothes off. <laughs> do you want to do that part? I asked, confused. <laughs> he answered softly. His lips were slower now against my cheek and jaw. All the urgency gone. <laughs> Edward, don't, I started to argue. I'm not saying no, he reassured me. I'm just saying not tonight. <laughs> I thought about that while my breathing slowed. <laughs> One good reason why tonight is not as good as any other night. I was still breathless. It made the frustration in my voice less impressive. <laughs> Born yesterday, he chuckled in my ear. Out of the two of us. <laughs> it's very distracting. Out of the two of us. is <laughs> more unwilling to give the other what they want. You just promised to marry me before you do any changing. But if I give it tonight, what guarantee do I have that you won't go running off to Carlisle in the morning? I am clearly much less reluctant to give you what you want. Therefore, you first. I exhaled with a loud huff. I have to marry first? I asked in disbelief. That's the deal. Take it or leave it. Compromise, remember? His arms wrapped around me and he began kissing me in a way that should be illegal. Too persuasive. It was duress, coercion. I tried to keep a clear head and failed quickly and absolutely. <laughs> yes, stop. <laughs> I guess when he let me breathe. Is that enough? Yeah, that's enough. Oh my God, that was amazing. <laughs> like, I'm going to have to analyze that for my favorite parts <laughs> I love how whiny and crabby you sound like he had his hands around my wrists <laughs> anyway isn't, that's way better than me just shouting book boys isn't it yeah it is I'm kind of a big fan of this thing right here uh, you reading little snippets like the, the, the best or worst parts of a book I'm a big fan of that so yeah keep that up it's too bad we didn't think of this a long time ago it would have made the first three Twilight books <laughs> I know. I know. I was sort of thinking as we were making notes or I was making notes and stuff, I'm like, instead of grabbing a random quote that I think is just cheesy and dumb, like, should I be grabbing a passage that I think is horrible? But I don't know. That's just too much work. Yeah, that was a lot of work. This for, for this book. book, yeah, it's too much work. But I didn't realize that it could be read in an annoying, snotty, high-pitched teenager voice. So, yeah, you you made it better. All right. Well... Thanks, Ben, for doing the show. Uh, we'll see you next week with the Hardy Boys review. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not sure when my books are arriving, so I'll, I'll keep you posted on that. Okay. Well, yeah, maybe we take another week off or something. Whatever. It's summertime. We can be lazy. Yeah, you, you can work on that deck of yours. Yeah, I will. You bastard. Do, do something about that fly problem. I know it's driving me crazy. All right, well, I will uh, talk to you sometime in the future, and thanks for listening. Uh, that's it. <laughs>